Welcome to Smart Talk, a proud part of Smart Scouting. I am your host, Matthew Soma. I am joined today by Austin Garrett, also known as Austin Brass. Had to get it in there. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. I I I was saying to you earlier, uh, I love everyone we work with, but every time I have to fake the Boston accent with Smots, it's just <laughs> it just violently rejects it. So I'm glad you did the intro because I I don't know if I would have been able to to, to do the Boston accent for Smots. I was gonna say, uh, as somebody who's lived in North Carolina for all of his 24 years on this earth, I think I did a pretty good job. You did a very good job. I'm gonna be honest with you there. Um, I I was trying really hard to practice before this, and it just was <laughs> it was not working for me, Matt. So the big thing this week is obviously we released our draft list here, and I think two names are really sticking out to people. And the first is putting Ryan Chesley a lot lower than the consensus. Uh, I believe we had him. 72nd overall, which is quite lower than a lot of the people in the public sphere have him. And then also Connor Geeky at 30th seems a bit lower than the consensus has been as well, even though he's fallen a bit this year. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, where um, I think you have to talk about like your, your philosophical beliefs and how you use the draft, right? Like for, for me personally, and I know like a bunch of us, when we look at players, um, it's what it, there's three ways to acquire players in the NHL. It's the draft, there's free agency, and there's trades. If you're going to take a, a top or get a top end player, like and get cost control, get value out of it, get them through their prime years, the best time to do that is through the draft, right? So I think when you know. Paul, myself, and Josh looked at like the American players, uh, myself, you, and Josh looked at WHL players, you know, I think you have to value, look at the value and it's risk assessment, right? Um, You know, we see attributes, traits, each of us differently. We all aren't the same scout looking for the same things, but we're looking for the projectability of what is their ceiling, right? So when you look at a player, I'll I'll talk about Chesley. Uh, Like when I look at a player like Ryan Chesley, Matt, I would I would put twenty dollars on the table right now. Ryan Chesley goes before Seamus Casey. Like I would I'd make that bet right now if we were on any sporting bet that's on every NHL broadcast these days, whatever people are betting <laughs> on. Um, and I would make that because Ryan Chesley is a safe kind of player. You know, he he's big. He's bigger than Seamus. Over six foot. He can skate. He's physical. There's a little bit of offensive game to him. Um, but when I look at like what I think is valuable in projecting an offensive defenseman, what makes a power play quarterback in the NHL, like your deception, your, your lateral mobility, your ability to manipulate players off the the blue line, your ability to get past that first oncoming defender and then make a play, uh, your, how you're able to transition the puck carrying or passing through the trans, uh, the, the defensive blue line to the offensive entries, like, like Ryan Chesley is, is a safe player, you know? Um, and I think when you look at a convert, uh, conversely like Seamus, which is all, he's almost 50 spots higher in our rankings. Um, I'm not saying that Seamus is 50 players better than she- than Ryan Chesley. I'm just saying the apex of what Seamus Casey could be is a power play one quarterback for your team, an NHL level team, or someone who could be an offensive catalyst five on five. When I look at Ryan Chesley, I look at someone who's probably not going to see any power play time. I look at a, 
the apex of Ryan Chesley as like uh, the second guy with an offensive leaning defenseman who plays five on five and might get some penalty killing time. But, you know, I wouldn't last minute of a game. I need, or I need to get a goal and I need to, to get out of the zone. Like, I, I don't know if Ryan Chesley's the guy I would put out there. Um, but I, like I said before, I, I would say Ryan Chesley gets first crack before Seamus Casey, like he'll get a cup of tea in the NHL. He may even be a very successful NHL player, but when you're looking and chasing that, that upside, I'll chase the upside of like a Seamus Casey uh, of getting that offensive production, getting that power play potential over getting a guy that I look at could be a solid NHL player, but also someone that I could also probably get through for agency, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of the philosophical beliefs of how I approach, you know, when you and I talk about WHL players, when Paul and I talk about USHL or USA uh, NTTP players, like it's just kind of the general landscape of uh, like Tristan Luno is another one that we could talk about. Like, you know, he's in the same vein to me as Ryan Chesley. Like I, I think he goes before Casey. I think he gets a cup of tea before Casey, but if Casey hits, Oh my gosh, I think Casey will, will, his apex could be a lot more than those two. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, obviously I've been covering the WHL this year and Oh man, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Whereas like for me, when I'm looking at a player, I have to look at a player's upside as one of the top reasons to consider them in a ranking like Connor geeky with his size and skill with the puck more than likely that'll carry him to the NHL, right? He's going to get some NHL games. I don't know how many I'm not going to sit here and project how many, but to me, he looks and plays just like his brother. And Morgan has this had the same issues and still does with his game, which are skating and overall upside. And to me, it's just not somebody I would take with a whole lot of confidence in the early stages of the draft. I think you're looking at a player who could be a third line center and a, well, I think you're looking at a player who could be on the third line. I, I don't know if, Connor Geeky is a center at the NHL level because he does not carry the puck in transition. He's not pushing the pace of play and he's not involved in the defensive zone. I agree. You know, when we, um, I was pretty high on Geeky to start the year. I remember I was pushing, I was pushing for him to get top 10 um, because there were shades of Kirby doc in him that I was, that I was watching over the summer. And then the more I watched him play, um, and this is, once again, this is just my own kind of, I'm going to, uh, put my biases almost on him in terms of like, one of the things that are huge for me is as a defensive player, if he's going to play center is you've got to, you've got to put pressure to the puck. You've got to take away time and space away from players and you've got to make them make decisions faster than they normally would. And geeky is just not hard on pucks. And that drives me insane is that a guy that size and it's not even a mobility issue. He does have the mobility issues, but it's um, an effort thing. It's a, 
way he plays almost like uh in the passing lanes you know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to put pressure on the puck he's gonna try and whack it out of the air with a stick you know um he's going to kind of float around a little bit and then he'll pick up the puck in space and then you know i mean i do a little bit of tracking uh uh, while i track i should say i'm but i'm not as in depth as some of like the public scouts that are out there who put out like insane data but like some of the things that really like he is great at getting to dangerous areas and getting a shot off he doesn't really always do it by himself though and that he's usually receiving a pass he's usually picking up a loose puck he's good on the perimeter of finding it but there's a lot in the neutral zone where it's just not there like he's dependent on zach benson who i'm sure you and i are going to gush about in a year from now when we start this stuff (laughs) um but like Zach Benson, when he was playing with Benson and when he was centering Benson and Milne, or when he's been playing with Savoy, like Savoy's been doing a lot of that with McLennan, you know, like it's, he, he's a great uh, passenger, but not a great driver. It was pretty much how I would label Geeky. And you have to wonder, you know, he, he's obviously a player that's able to dominate this level because of his size and strength. When every, when, I'd say like a solid 60 to 75% of the players he's playing against are going to be as big of him or as big as him. How does, how does his game change? And is he going to be able to adapt to that pressure? And my gut tells me, no, I, I don't see enough there and I don't see enough in the all around players game to make me think, yes, he's going to be able to overcome that and be a true top six center. And truthfully, if you're out there right now, like, and you don't have CHL Live, get it right now and go watch the, the final four for the WHL playoffs because Winnipeg is an all star team. Like, their top six is pretty much all going to be drafted by the NHL. I think, like, Jack Finley, McClennan, I if I go through them in my head, Milne should be drafted this year. Benson will be a top 10 pick next year. They have been pretty much an all star team. But Edmonton's and you've got kind, Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton's kind of given it to them. Uh, so like, if you want to see what geeky's going to do against top level competition, like this is a series to really start paying attention. Or if, if they happen to get by, it's going to be like what he does in Memorial cup. Hamilton hasn't lost, like they have an 11 game winning streak in the OHL. Like yeah. this is a time for me where it's going to be interesting to watch what geeky does, you know, cause a lot of this has just been like watching an all-star team play against lower level uh, WHL teams. And it's just like, it's hard to really say, Oh, well, Kiki had a three point game. And then you watch the game. And you're like, Oh, well, I know everyone could like, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of the, their line mates, he's, he's just playing with Finley or Milne or Benson right. or Savoy McLennan. You could just run it. Yeah. Their back end is ridiculous. So it's crazy. And the other series is fun too. You've got, um, bunch of draft eligible players on and those teams you've got let's see Kamloops has Lindgren Seminoff and Minton for this year's draft Connor Levis for next year's draft Seattle has oh gosh let me think Kevin Korchinski who's a potential top 10 more than likely top 15 pick in this draft uh, Jordan Gustafson uh, Jeremy Hansel even um, Reed Schaefer, who's having a phenomenal playoffs, by the way. Are you, are you leaving out Mass Lindgren on purpose to hurt my feelings? Is that just uh, just? I said Lindgren. <laughs> I said Lindgren first. <laughs> no, no, Austin. I've done my homework on Mass Lindgren. Thank you very much. I'm just saying. I know. I know. Um, my tongue is definitely not in cheek here. 
I would say that um, no, I, I the WHL playoffs been we we've watched it together at times and we've messaged each other throughout it. It's been an awesome experience. Um, OHL playoffs have been good too. I've caught a little bit of the QMH, QMGHL um, just to catch up on some guys that we had ranked, but uh, yeah, I mean the CHL's been fun. Uh, the USHL concluded, and you know can't believe that Sioux City pulled that out, but. We could talk for days. I know we're we're here to talk about late round pros, pro, pro, or prospects, <laughs> but but it's been a real fun last couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I did kind of want you know this is this is a space where we're going to probably focus more on players that aren't getting a ton of attention as well, because you know we are going to answer questions about our rankings because you know we want to be open, we want to be transparent with why we think that. But we also want to highlight some players that we feel should get drafted or players that, you know, might not get drafted this year, but are still worth, you know, a possible entry level deal or something like that. Um, So I think the first player I want to bring up, and I was actually, I I was torn between bringing up either, um, why am I? Oh, sorry. I was torn between bringing up uh, either Graydon Seepman or Jeremy Hansel, but I think I'm going to go with Jeremy Hansel um, from Seattle. He's an overage prospect for this year. I know elite prospects was really high on him last year. And I think just because there wasn't a huge sample in the um, WHL last year, I think that's probably what got him or that that's what caused him to maybe get passed by. But this is a player with size, a ton of, speed defensive responsibility he's he's more than likely like a fifth or sixth defenseman on your team but you're getting somebody that can play with pace move the puck and you know contribute offensively if he has to so i think jeremy Hansel's a player that i especially in these playoffs i've really grown to like it's funny you know uh as the playoffs go on, you, you, it's a good player to bring up, um, that the people who, and it's not just like, it's some of it's a little bit recency bias, but we are getting closer and closer to the draft where development, you know, like, um, we, you and I could probably go back and forth just on players. We've done one eighties on in the WHL, um, from good to bad, bad to good, you know? Um, but he has definitely been someone who's kind of like stood out when you watch Seattle play. And I mean, and truthfully, I did not think Seattle would be in this position. If you would have, if if you would have said when we were talking December, January for the midterm rankings, would you have guessed Seattle would be final four in the WHL right now? No, truthfully, I thought it was going to be Everett. Everett shocked me with how bad they were in their first round against Vancouver, man. Um, Credit to Zach of Stapchuk. I, I do not, did not really like the player at all this season, but man, he dominated that Everett team um all right so this was hard because we said we we're going to do three so <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go through my honorable mentions really quickly so um first off I want to talk about uh always in my heart Jacob Quaven overager um in the USHL um was as a point machine um I thought he should have been drafted last year so every year I kind of like fake draft the Buffalo Sabres. I've done it since 2015 and die by the blade um, for the first three rounds, starting in 2019 for all seven. Um, and I honestly debated him. He's on Muskegon debated him or the guy I'm going to talk about probably number two for my seventh round pick last year. Um, 
he just controls the game so well from the back end. Uh, he's an undersized defenseman. Don't get me wrong. I know drafting 5'10", 5'11", defensemen, they're are never going to be in vogue in the W in the WHO. We've talked so much about that. The NHL. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought, especially in the playoffs for Muskegon, I thought he looked real good. Um, I thought he was able, like, he was the best player on their best defenseman on the ice. He can carry the puck. He's the power play quarterback. He, one of the things that I, defensemen are always going to be hard. I, I, I would really say the scout does nail down how to project a defenseman, whether it's structure or how they play. Like it's the one, like forwards are pretty, I, I feel like forwards are pretty easy, but defensemen, like they can have low point totals, but they can be a great offensive defenseman. You know, like personally, like Ryan Healy in the fifth round, like that's where I'm thinking like terrible point projections, but his team was really bad this year. Do you know what I mean? But he has puck carrying abilities, stuff like that. I don't know. I thought Jacob Gwayman should have been hit. Uh, last year, his playmaking is really good. Um, and so that's kind of one of my honorable mentions. Quinn Hudson, I'm not going to talk about him too much. Uh, he's my Trey Fix Wolanski award. If you're not familiar with it, I watched Trey Fix Wolanski, his draft elbow year, year in the Memorial Cup, saw him one time and said, This kid's awesome. Why? Like, and then just latched onto it, started writing about it. So the, the guy, either I watched once or twice and be like, This guy's awesome. Why is no one talking about? Or I was like loving them really early. I do that every year. Quinn Hudson won it last year when I was watching Matteo Costantini in the, what's it called? The BCA, BCHL preseason tournament I was watching. And then he moved, transitioned over to the USHL, looked really good, um, didn't get drafted. So he's a double overager. But I mean, I would be, he's a, Matt, I would say this right now. He's going to be an AHL player. I think he gets a cup of tea in the NHL. Like he's worth a seventh round pick. Um, and really, honestly, the, the last one I was really going to bring up was, uh, one of the ones I had, uh, in my honorable or not my honorable mentions, but, uh, uh, what we didn't rank, uh, I'm going to give Ronek Jordan in the OHL, his shout out five foot seven, so much fun. I did not get a, a great look in the OHL. He ended up producing a little bit. Uh, but he's someone to watch out for next year. I don't think there's a chance in heck he gets drafted this year, but Ronix Rodwan at five, seven, it wouldn't shock me if he's a point per game player next year. He is, he's filthy. He has more, I have more clips of him doing gross things, uh, than most players in this draft, but he doesn't really, he's not a blazer at five, seven. So if he can get that speed up a little bit, like, and he might have that kind of Jeremy Wilmer kind of like people start talking about him again. So my number three, I talked a lot. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my, one of my favorite players, uh, Zachariah Wisdom. Uh, played for Cedar Rapids in the USHL. If, if the last name sounds familiar, he's Zade Wisdom's younger brother. Um, honestly, he's not committed to a college right now. I'm not sure if he's going to go uh, jump ship to the CHL or not. Uh, saw him at first in February when I was watching Cole Knubel, um, and just was like, who is this guy? And then it was like, look at the point totals. He ended up with like 23 points in 53 games, didn't score in the playoffs. Um, but he has a motor. Like there, that this kid is just, I mean, he's kind of just like his brother. He can skate. He is a hard on the forecheck. He's got skill. He crashes the net. He gets shoots from dangerous areas. He makes plays to the dangerous areas. Didn't really get the opportunity with Cedar Rapids to really kind of take off this year. Um, but he is definitely someone in the sixth, seventh round where you're looking at like a USHL type of player that kind of pop off in their, their D plus one year. Like I would a hundred percent say Zachariah Wisdom would be 
a top candidate for me going into the USHL if he stays sticks around next year. Solid, and it looks like his rights are owned by uh, Niagara. He was drafted by them. So oh, he's staying in the USHL. Though. I was gonna say it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if he stays. Um, so yeah, I've talked a little bit about Jeremy Hansel. Uh, one of the other players we ranked him. We ranked both of my other players really high um, in our rankings. I, I want to talk about Ben Hammerling because this is a player that upside alone should absolutely be a third round pick because he ha- he's one of the better pure playmakers that I tracked this season. Really solid motor and just, again, such great vision and hockey sense when he's on the ice. Uh the only thing with him is he's a little smaller. He didn't get a ton of ice time this year. So, you know, while the sample you got was really good, you don't know what it's going to be like when he's matched up against the better opponents for the other teams. But right now he's looking really solid. I had him 81st on our list. And that was, again, just one of those things where you see the player and you see what he can do both in transition a little bit in the defensive zone and just what he can do in the offensive zone is special. Uh, I know Austin, you and I have watched this player a good bit this year as well. You know, you, uh, you're the one who brought him up. Take credit for it. I didn't really, you were like, Hey, check out this guy. And I was like, you know, after you gave me uh, some grief on some of the players I was sending you, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I cannot wait to uh, dish it back to you. To, to roast but... the hell out of Ben Heverly. <laughs> you're sending no, me like Tyson Jugnoff. <laughs> Tyson Jugnoff, if you're listening to this, prove all the haters wrong. I freaking love you. Um, no, I was going to say, um, no, I, what I would say about Ben Hemerley was like, it was pleasantly surprised was what I, I, I gathered from him. Like, um, just a smart player. Uh, I don't know if the skill level is ever going to produce to like the home run type of level, but like the players we're talking about right now, we're trying to chase an NHL player in the fifth to seventh round. We're not trying to chase the top six line, right? Um, I feel like this kid is, I mean, he, he plays the game the right way. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's like you, you watch him play like, Oh, why is no one talking about you? Because I mean, like, yeah, you don't, you're not flashy. He's not a speedster. He's not like the transition King on his team, but like every little play he made every defensive play. Like I was like, dang it, dang it, Matt, you found a player. I can't even talk trash to you. I, I, am, I was glad we ranked him as high as we did. Speaking of another player that I found that I felt like I was an early adopter of, I think it's time to talk about my boy. Really? You get two and I only get one. I see how this works, Matt. You just you told <laughs> all your three. I went through my honorable mentions. Uh... Well, my honorable mentions were like players that like might have potential, but that ultimately I was like, I'm not ranking them. <laughs> uh... All right. Before you go to your boy. Because I feel like we're gonna about to go to a gush fest. I'm gonna we be are. Real, I'm we real, are. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about David Gucciardi. Um, so okay. David Gucciardi, uh, he's a left left handed defenseman. Uh, played for Michigan State. He's an overager this year. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. The only thing I'm gonna say really about him is that I think people are sleeping on him. Like, so there was a time before we ever got in staff before I was spending hundreds of dollars the last couple of years trying to VPN my way into every <laughs> league available um, where I just studied the draft. And one of the things that became apparent to me is one of the ways you, you get value out of the NHL draft is or out of the overage defenseman is men's leagues in the NCAA. 
Like that's usually where you have the highest hit rates for a defenseman in the later rounds. Um, and I thought David Gucciardi was the best defenseman on a big 10 team. Um, he has offensive potential. I don't even think he got the ice time he deserved last year. Um, and now you get Nightingale, who was the USNTTP coach going over to Michigan State. They should start getting some more offensive firepower coming, and hopefully Nightingale is able to recruit a little bit better. Um, but I would say if you're looking in the sixth, seventh round and just being like, I want to plug and play like three years from now, defenseman and just bottom bottom four, bottom last pairing defenseman, David Gucci, you can do a lot worse than David Gucci already. Let's talk about your boy. Well, so since since we're bringing up on our rule mentions, I do want to bring up Graydon Seatman then because I think this is a player that he's never going to have the offensive numbers. But again, he's one of those players that's a fifth to sixth best defenseman at the NHL level, capable of playing well in all three zones. He can at least hold his own in the offensive zone. Again, I don't think he's ever going to be like, a scoring threat or like an elite playmaker, but his real gems is in transition and with his outlet passes, he's one of the players that will make the first pass out of the zone to start a rush up the ice the other way. He's always going to do that. Calgary was a bit of an underwhelming team this year. So I'm wondering what he can do next year with a little bit more experience and just quite frankly, with a better roster. All right, that's enough. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about Marcus Nguyen. If you're unfamiliar with the player, he is currently a right winger for the Portland Winterhawks. Like Hemmerling, he's a player that didn't have a ton of ice time this year. I think for the most part, he was on their fourth line. It was a pretty deep team. And man where do i start with him (laughs) all right let's first like you're looking at a player who plays at such a high pace and skill level unlike hammerling where i think the offensive potential probably peaks as like a second power play unit third line forward marcus nguyen has top six upside if he can reach that peak i think he's one of those players that's very boom or bust and you're either going to get the absolute best out of him or he's not going to be, you know, he might not even cut it in the AHL. Like that's how risky this pick could be, man. I've never seen a player able to just break down defenses as he can. He's able to predict exactly where a pass is going to go, take away the puck and immediately turn and burn the other way to create offense and usually a goal. And He's got the puck skills. He's got the skating. He has the hockey sense. I think eventually you're going to start seeing him make more of an impact at five on five once he gets a little bigger and once he um, just gains a little bit more confidence playing more minutes a night. But man, the sky's the limit with this kid. Uh, I call him a radio player. He's uh, he's the type of player. Like I remember before, even before you you brought him up to me, uh, and I was scouting other players. So um, for those of you who are wondering, like, what does scouting a player look like? Uh, we use a service called Instat, which we can use shift by shifts. So like, usually I'm scouting one player at a time, just the shifts watching their game. And I just, Portland was a good team. So I, Portland was usually a team I wanted to watch a team play against. And I'd just be like, 
it'd be like Marcus Nguyen, Marcus Nguyen, Marcus Nguyen. I'm like, who the heck is Marcus Nguyen? And why, what is he doing all the time? Because he's got the puck all the time. He's doing things all the time. And then you go to find out the kid's averaging like under like 12 minutes a night. I think it's under even 11 minutes a night. He might be, he has no power play time on Portland. Uh, and he's producing the way he is, you know, um, the definition, the definition of, um, gosh, I'm, I feel like I'm just using past prospects to give awards, but I call it the Zach Robertson award, you know, like the, uh, or the Nick, excuse me, Nick Robertson award. Uh, the guy who just pops off in their D plus one because they just, they go off, you know, like Marcus yeah. Nguyen is, if I could give an award to the guy who's just with more opportunity, their point production is just going to go crazy. I would say it's going to be Marcus Nguyen next year. If he's able to get some power play time. And I think he will. Um, you, you take a look here. Let me, let me pull up Portland's roster real quick. They have quite a few overage players that are leaving. You've got Cross Hannes probably going right to the AHL. I'd imagine uh, Jaden DeRoe. I think maybe even Tyson Kozak might be. I think Kozak stays. He's got another year. Oh, he's a, a Sabres he, Saber's prospect, so I know that one. That's right. Uh, I, did, I thought he was a 2020 draft pick. That's my fault. Um, You've got a couple other players like um, I literally just lost his name. Maybe Robbie from Delorme. He might, I think he's gone because he's already 20. So there's a good amount of players that could be leaving Portland this year. And (laughs) this is a team that really could use Marcus Nguyen as both a power play quarterback and as a guy that, or not a power play quarterback, sorry. He can play along the circles and either be your trigger man or a guy to set up your actual snipers. He's so versatile. He's a great playmaker. He's got really good shooting ability, great hands. Just a player that all out all the time. Just, oh, I love him, man. I, I, I feel I like know, I, keep- I know exactly what's going to happen during the draft. We are going to be sitting either doing this, doing a live stream or just texting back and forth on the second day. And it's going to hit to the fifth or sixth round. And like, if no one's taking Marcus Nguyen by like the Sabres or Canes pick, you and I at the end of the sixth round, we like texting, is this where we go? Is this where we go? Is, it, <laughs> is, it, is this where you like, do, am I about to be a Sabres fan? Am I about to be a Canes fan? Like that, I mean, we love him. I hope the gosh he gets picked in the NHL draft. He deserves to. Uh, I am fantastic player. praying that Marcus Nguyen becomes a Carolina hurricane, man. I think he would thrive in this system. You've already got one Portland kid in Seth Jarvis. You've got a former winter Hawk in Nino Niederreiter, which by the way, please resign Nino. That's my one NHL take for the podcast, but man, I feel like he would thrive in a system. You know what though? I feel like Nguyen's a type of player that goes to Tampa I feel like he's like, he's going to be like, not Braden point levels of like, where did this kid come from? But he's going to go to Tampa and become like a 50 point scorer on the lightning. And they're going to win like their eighth Stanley cup in a row because of him. (laughs) The dream come true for Matt right there. Right. Well, I mean, it would be a dream come true for my wife because she grew up in Tampa, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, dream come true for me would be if he's a Carolina hurricane. Oh, I love, I love Marcus. I'm going to, um, I'm going off the deep end here, Matt. 
Uh, oh, going with the guy, my Twitter bio, just, just a huge fan. I'm not, look, at the end of the day, I hope to gosh, she ends up being something in the NHL, but, uh, so a little backstory. So, uh, last year I was not a part of a scouting agency. I was paying for all these things. I had hockey TV and in order to watch course and on Brooks bandit in the AJHL, I had to watch the entire game. And in like mid January, I'm watching the game and watching. And this one kid just kept catching my eye. And I was just like, finally, I tweeted about it. And it was Zach Bookman. So Zach Bookman playing on the second power play goes end to end, like through two guys, throws a behind the back pass out front. The guy misses the net. And I'm like, holy heck, I love this kid. I looked into him and I was like, look, the kid played triple A hockey the year prior. He's a shade under 5'10". I think he's listed at 5'9 and three quarters. Um, and he's going to Merrimack, which is kind of, a, if you're not familiar with the NCAA, kind of a lower level NCAA team. Like, uh, you know, chances are he's not putting up points. Like he's sitting here behind Kuhlman's. Like, I love the kid, but like long shot. Kuhlman's goes to the U18s, right? And then when Kuhlman's goes to U18s, Bookman just goes off like last five games has like 12 points in Coolman's role. And I'm just like screaming at the top of my lungs. I love this kid. I don't, I rank him last year as my last rank. I think he's like 105, 106. Um, doesn't get drafted obviously. Cause really he had a five game sample where he just actually had the role right. um, this year, almost a two point game, a player, uh, two points a game. Uh, so I love pick two, two, four, Dave, if you're out there listening, love your website, but he didn't have AJL, AJHL stats. So I had to manually track this. So he had like 120 points this year. Uh, seven, almost 70% of them were primary points, five on five, uh, almost a point per game player, five on five. Like, and then he, then I would say they, they ate on the power play, like Brooks bandits. Uh, they had him, they had TJ Hughes and I'm blanking on the third guy's name. He's also going to like RPI, I think, but the three of them just feasted on the power play. Zach Bookman's game is just all offense. Like it's just his skating, his edges, his, his stick handling. He will go anywhere on the ice. He can rip it. He can get into the dangerous areas. He makes things happen. Uh, 14 of his 20 goals were five on five. Uh, almost half of them are from high danger areas. Like this kid is like, he does a lot. You know, I was jumping for joy when I saw EP ring, rank them in their top 90. Was it top 94 they put out or top something like that? It was a 96, yeah. 96, yeah, top 96. I was like, I think he ended up at 94 or 93. And I was just like, let's go. Uh, huge fan. Former Buffalo Junior Saber is on the wall of the Harbor Center. Like he's destined to be a Buffalo Saber. Uh, I'm convinced. <laughs> um, but no, I'm a huge like. But I will say the cons. The cons are really like defensively, like it's the AJHL. Like he didn't, and it's the Brook Band, it's the Brook Bandits. They put up almost like six goals a game. Like, let's just start there. The other uh, the only other team in that league that I think might be worth something is like Okotoks. Uh they were it was not a uh it was not a pretty it was not a pretty sight this year outside of like Riger Lawrence and like Yeah, I was Bandits. gonna say that was the only other player I could think of from this league. Um but like at the end of the day, like um you know Taylor Gabriel uh plays in the USHL, I think plays for Fargo. Like uh he's another one going to Merrimack. I was like, put Zach and him together, it's gonna be hilarious. Two offensive defensemen, like 
those two could those could do can do some damage at Merrimack, but I would say the cons, the cons are pretty obvious. He's a double overager in the AGHL going to a lower level NCAA program. He's going to be 21 next year. I understand any hesitancy. I understand everyone's writing him off, but look, the kid's got a fan for life for me. Uh, if he ever plays anyone in, in the Western New York area, I'll be at his game uh, cheering him on. But uh, I, I'm rooting hard for that kid. That kid was so much fun to watch the last couple of years. So if Bookman doesn't get drafted, do you think he's one of those players that probably makes some noise in like college free agency? You know, um, gosh, you make a great point. Um, give me a second. There was a kid this year. Because uh, I was, I was going to say, because, you know, I feel like players, like you can get a lot of value from an offensive defenseman that might not be very polished you know, invite him to your dev camp, kind of give him like the sense that, Hey, listen, we like you enough to at least consider you, right? Here's some tools to help you get to the NHL, improve your defensive game. We'll see you in a couple of years, you know? So the player I thought of when I, when I watched Zach is, uh, it's actually another, another Zach, it's Zach Metza on Quinnipiac. So Fun story. I don't watch a lot of NHL hockey, watch the Sabres. That's it. But like on the background, whenever I'm watching like scouting during the season, I watch a ton of NCAA hockey. I love NCAA hockey. Um, Zach Metza is kind of like what I would say could be uh, Zach Buckman's career. Like, you know, this past year, he was almost a point per game player, played for Quinnipiac. I thought he was outstanding. Um, I don't know. He hasn't signed anywhere right now, but like, I think Zach Metza is worth a, a, like at least an AHL contract for, for a team out there. Um, but I, I truthfully though, is Bookman's edges are so much fun. His skating and his stick handling. Like uh, I think I was joking with, with someone on our team, just being like, can we put him at forward just to see what happens? Cause like put him at forward. That kid might be a, just, a, they're, they're not, he might be just go off for like 200 points in the AJHL. Um, but Huge fan. Like uh, his defensive game's gonna have to improve. Like I literally saw him lumberjack someone down at the blue line, and I was like, "Oh boy, you can't, you can't do that, Zach." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but at the same point, like his his skating and everything else is great. But he just didn't. The HHL didn't require him to have to be an elite defender. Like Brooks, just he got the puck and Brooks just ran. So I think the funniest thing I've seen while scouting this year is I was watching, and this is another player that nearly made the rankings that I do want to talk about next episode, but it was uh, Yegor Sidorov from Saskatoon. And he pulls a Sean Avery in front of the goalie, flailing his arms around to try and act as a screen. The shot ends up going wide, but it's still the best clip I've ever seen because he is fully committed to the bit there. <laughs> I don't know. The, the funniest thing, I think I tweeted the funniest thing I ever seen was this year was uh, two guys just colliding at the blue line. It was just like a walk-in chance for Logan Cooley for uh, I'll have to retweet it if anyone asked me to, but it was like two guys collided at the blue line and Logan Cooley got a breakaway off of it. I was like, this is, I love this game. This game is so much fun. <laughs> But yeah, so Austin, I don't know about you, but I think we've we've fully exhausted our uh, knowledge of the players we've talked about tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, I uh, I know one of the things we want to do is we want to end this since we started with three. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, what we're about to talk about, uh, Matt's from North Carolina. Uh, I lived in North Carolina for a few years. And one of the things we were talking about was like best fast food places. And if you're not in the South, if you go to the South, you have to go to cookout. Like it's a religious experience down here. Let's be honest. (laughs) It's a a. 1am experience. Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) So we were talking about like, what, what, what's your, what do you order at cookout? So Matt, give us your order. Three things you're getting at cookout every time or if you had to pick someone people go down south go to cookout what are they ordering so here's the here's the thing about cookout is it's incredibly affordable and (laughs) you're getting an ungodly amount of food for like pennies on the dollar so they have basically they have trays and you get your choice of one thing and then two sides and a drink and you can Replace your drink with a milkshake for slightly more. You That's are, the you're, you're going to rank your bet your best milkshake, just so you know. Oh, uh, yeah. So at least my my wife has already give, has given me crap for my milk. My go-to tray is I get two chicken quesadillas because the sauce they put on the quesadillas, I don't know what's in it, but it is so freaking good. Then the thing I've been really liking lately is their their uh, like cheese bites, which is basically just like you can get them like it's like fried cheese curds. It's great. Um, and then a Cajun chicken wrap, which is basically just a chicken tender with a bunch of Texas Pete, Cajun seasoning, cheese and lettuce and a tortilla. Cajun fries are also really good if I'm feeling that instead of the cheese bites. But that's just what I've been on lately. And I really like the strawberry cheesecake shake, man. But I think what I'm going to go with here for the shake is a peanut butter fudge Oreo milkshake. Matt, um, so just for everyone listening, we uh, we did not talk about what our, our orders were. And <laughs> yeah, he had no discussion ahead of time. <laughs> uh, and he pretty much stole pretty much all of, it, all of mine. Uh, so, yeah. So pretty much I would say you chicken quesadilla you you nailed um is as i though like look as someone who's coming from the north uh i love barbecue down south so like i always the, the regular barbecue sandwich was the the other option i was going to debate with but chicken quesadilla is hands down number one for me as well uh so the two sides it's another one where it's like a northerner going down south and it's just like the novelty like hush puppies are always like a go-to for me like you can never go wrong with a hush puppy um because you honestly the the cajun wrap y'all you like <laughs> matt hit it on the head you get the cajun wrap every time but if i had to choose another one uh the other one i always go is the onion, onion rings just because like how often you get to have onion rings um so the other one i would say the cheer wine float to die for go for it cheer wine is not a northern never had cheer wine you go for cheer wine yeah like (laughs) so you're thinking like oh it's like a cherry soda it's it's not i i for whatever reason cheer wine everywhere else tastes pretty much the same cookouts cheer wine is different and i don't know what it is 
So they have the best. So when it comes to milkshakes, they have one of the best chocolate shakes I've ever had. So I'm going to say like, if you just like, you look at this list of like 35 different milkshake flavors and just get overwhelmed, like go for chocolate. One of the best things I've ever had. But if you're like, I kind of want to see like how much my body can handle tonight. Like caramel fudge hits every time. Uh, but honestly, the peanut butter fudge is the other one I always go to. I've never yeah. done the peanut butter fudge with the Oreo split, but like it's, it's absurdly good. I mean, I I'm almost I got to go visit my in-laws now just so I can go to <laughs> cookout now. Um, I was going to say, uh, well, we'll have we'll have guest rooms down here now when we move <laughs> in a couple weeks. So uh <laughs> The other, the other thing I think that that's, that's really dangerous down here is, I mean, not during the playoffs because the Canes power play is stunk, but whenever the Hurricanes score a power play goal, you get a free Bowberry biscuit at Bojangles, which is just a blueberry biscuit with icing on it. And it's absurdly good as well. Like it has no business being that good. I'm 90% com- uh, positive that a regular Bojangles biscuit is just a choking hazard because I don't think I've ever not needed to chug a drink right afterwards. So uh, it depends on where you go and they're very inconsistent. It's not like Popeye's where, you know, you're just going to choke down the biscuit every time Bojangles biscuits are either like really dry or super buttery. And I, I'd even go so far to say as life changing. <laughs> But, but Bo, Bojangles is a totally different discussion. We're gonna say Bojangles. Uh, yeah, we'll say Bojangles next time. <laughs> like I, I will say this right now. Like you know, Buffalo got a Chick Fil A, and we are ecstatic about having Chick Fil A. Don't get me wrong, but I would trade Chick Fil A for ten, like for Bojangles in, a, in an instant. Like yes. uh, if Bojangles is the best fast food restaurant I've ever been to, and I will stand by it. I promise you. Like I don't, I eat more than fast food, but like <laughs> I have a strong opinion on this one. Um, other than that, I, I mean, I got nothing else. Uh, I was going to say next, next, stay tuned next time where we just skip the prospect talk <laughs> and just talk about Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think next time we're going to hit like people that aren't so obscure. Uh, prospects were not so obscure. Kind of talk about the mid rounds. Um, I think by then we'll also might have a smart, smart mock draft, uh, which we could talk about, uh, which we could talk about as well. Um, And, you know, from there, I think when we get up, lead up to the draft, I think Matt and I are going to kind of hammer out kind of like the top prospects um, and kind of what we think for each team and things like that. Um, But as always, Matt, I love talking to you. Congratulations. If you all didn't know, Matt got married this past weekend. And I'm heading, uh, heading to Hawaii on a Sunday. So oh. we will not have an episode next week. <laughs> <laughs> jealous, jealous. Um, but Matt, always great talking to you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>